Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Hello. This is Jeff and Colleen Roney, and we will be discussing the Dreamcatcher Once Upon a Time episode. And this is our main show. And this also is episode number 300. Let me do some housekeeping and then we'll do some kind of fun stuff in the news. Cool. So the show notes for this episode can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 300. So, yeah, our first, the first blog post that we ever did was back in October 28th, 2011. Wow. That was before we even had a podcast and I did some connection stuff and, and that kind of thing. The first podcast we actually posted, number one, was on November 13th, 2011. Wow. So that was, uh, that was a pretty, pretty cool moment. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Hi, this is Dylan Schmidt, and I play the role of Balthar on ABC's Once Upon a Time. Hi, everybody. This is Beverly Elliott. I play Granny on Once Upon a Time. Hi, this is Christy Lang. I play Marion on ABC's Once Upon a Time. Well, hello there. This is Keegan Connor Tracy. I play the Blue Fairy and Mother Superior on Once Upon a Time, and you're listening to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi there, this is Tony Amendola, and I play Geppetto and Marco on Once Upon a Time. Hello out there in podcast land. This is Timothy Weber, and I play The Apprentice on Once Upon a Time. Hi, this is Abby Ross. I play young Emma on ABC's Once Upon a Time. Hi, everybody. This is Jane Espenson calling you on your special voicemail message line. And you are listening to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. i just calling to say... Thank you so much. Once Upon a Time has the best fans in the world. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. It's Obie's Girl, and I wanted to call in and congratulate both of you on your 300th episode of the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Your podcast is actually one of the first I ever listened to for once, and it still holds a special place in my heart. I hope Once has a good long run, and I can continue listening to your theories. Keep podcasting. Cheers. All right. Thank you. So those are, we certainly will. Thank you so much, Obi's girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually was the first creator of our second graphic that looked a lot better than the first one I tried. <laughs> that first one I just kind of slapped together. So thanks so much for her uh, yep. for doing that. That really was appreciated. We appreciate the message as well. We do. So there was a lot of fun things uh, along the way. We're not going to go too in depth, but I just kind of wanted to take just a minute to just kind of uh, relive a few moments here and there. Mm-hmm. And we were requested to do this and I'm happy to do this. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Ruby, but look, it's fine. Um, Ruby. Ruby Watch for all time. There's not a year. We're always on the lookout for Ruby. 
And even now, so we're always looking out for Ruby. So, Tyler, that was for you. Oh, that's awesome. But we have really had lots of highs, lots of lows. We've been to Steveston twice, Mm -hmm. which was just a magical experience all across the board. Paley Fest, WonderCon, and... RegalCon. RegalCon. And we had uh, lunch... With Dopey at Disneyland, mm-hmm. we had uh, dinner and a chat with some of the dwarves up in Steveston. Yeah. Uh, we had a picture with Josh. Uh, we met uh, Lana at RegalCon. Yeah. It's just been just an incredible we had dinner with Ian. Yeah, dinner with Ian at RegalCon. And yeah. but but this podcast is really there's ebbs and flows, and sure. people watch the the first season of this podcast. I mean, it was just on we were on fire, and oh, yeah. Colleen asked uh, Mig to call in, and he was gracious mm-hmm. enough to do that. And he called in a number of times, and the dwarves all called in and sang Ooh. us a song, and and we gave you little clips of uh, other actors and actresses that have called in, left voicemails. It, it's just been a, a really incredible thing but that first season it was just uh, we were on a high Mm -hmm. because we were the only one i think there was only like two others right at that point but it was just very very few and we had our meetup at disneyland which was incredible Mm -hmm. so much fun hot as hell and i i need to apologize (laughs) hotter than Uh, (laughs) it was ridiculous (laughs) i need to apologize for everyone that showed up it was just so hot yeah but it was still fun though (laughs) it was fun i remember on sunday in that afternoon we canceled all the activities i said just get indoors i don't care what you do yeah it was just so hot it was outrageous but yeah, you know, with the ups and downs of of the show and and different things, and you know, people, you know, listen to other things, more podcasts, less podcasts, and and different things, and we've kind of gone on through the storm. You know, we wanted to throw in the towel, mm-hmm. uh, but the moment we saw the scene from season three at D twenty three, we re upped. That really kind of caught us again, and yep. you know, we need to thank Adam and Eddie and all the writers and the great actors and all that, but. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I think the the funnest podcast season we've done was when it was uh, three. Yeah, season three when we had the pirate theme and we mm-hmm. had a lot of fun. Some people like the fun that we had. Some don't. Uh, we also did a live show for a while, mm-hmm. and I had to create. <laughs> I had to pull in some little things to fill in the gaps mm-hmm. because there was just. I knew that not everyone would get there for the first hour, and right. so we had a two-hour uh, live show. I mean, that's a long time to fill in a lot of stuff. Uh, and, and then toward the end of that run, we just wanted our Saturday back. We wanted some flexibility, and, and I know some people really enjoyed the live show, and you know there were some really fun parts of it, but you know we moved on and kind of focused on what we do best. And then there were other podcasts around that came along, and... Mm-hmm. We love the other podcasts. They do things that we don't do. And I right. think as a, a mosaic, it is a beautiful thing <clears throat> when all the different podcasts do what they do best. And I think that's really serves uh, you guys, the fans. So sure. it's uh, 300 episodes. I mean, that's that's a it's lot. A lot. So. It is a lot. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, I kind of have it a little easier than Jeff does. I pretty much just show up. And I get to flip the switch for turning on the mics. That's pretty much my job. (laughs) But Jeff, on the other hand, spends an awful lot of time, you know, prepping and editing and 
making sure that he has all the right information and getting things set up. And he does, he puts in a lot of hours and a lot of, you know, of himself into this. And so, you know, you deserve more kudos than I do simply because you are the one who's running the show. Well, I, I, it, this means a lot to me. Uh, I, I love the show. I, I love talking about the show mm-hmm. and, there were people uh, really behind the scenes that I want to give a little shout out to. I want to thank mm-hmm. uh, uh, Daniel Hale, uh, Tommy uh, Picks. Uh, he they they are my <laughs> they're my Doctor <laughs> Phil. I remember there was a point I was just so low that it was right before D twenty three, and I wanted to really throw in the towel, mm-hmm. and uh, so I went over to. California Adventure to go meet up with uh, Daniel and Tommy, uh, Daniel Hale and Tommy. And I, uh, we sat down at the table and I said, I, I want to quit. Yeah. And Daniel said, you can't, you, you cannot quit. And, you know, Tommy just kind of said, you know, let, let's, you know, don't, don't do it. Don't quit. You know, you guys are doing a great job and all that. And so, you know, my point in all this is, this is not just us. Right. There has always been, at the beginning, we had the, the sheriffs and the deputy, deputies that were helping us out. Mm-hmm. There's always been a Brad or an Obie's girl or all these different Marilyn. folks. Marilyn. Uh, Catslay. Catslay. Um, Janelle. I mean, I, I could just name names over and over and over. But when you send an email in, it means so much to us because it's like not only is someone listening, but they really want to add to uh, what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to thank everyone, all our podcast friends, uh, Daniel Lewis and the crew and uh, Josh and Steph. And I'm starting a name show. You know, it's just uh, once upon a podcast. And oh, my gosh, everyone, we all mm-hmm. are in this together. And I just want to thank everybody. Uh, whether you listen a little bit or you listen the whole, if you listen the whole time, I always talk about, uh, giving a purple heart away because that's a lot. That's a lot to hear me yammer and Colleen with her dulcet tones, helping me say the right words. So, uh, anyway, thank you so much. And, uh, and of course we have one more special shout out to give. Sure. And that would be to. Lady. Lady. The the mascot. <laughs> the rain dog or the uh, first dog mate. First, uh, yeah. And she's always here. And so we really appreciate all the little shout outs that people give to Lady because, you know, without her squeaking toys and sleeping and all that. Um, Bonking into the microphone stands and things yeah. like that. You know, I mean, and whining every once in a while. She's She's been a part of the podcast, too. And she's sure. been very patient because she wants mama's attention. And when I'm not paying attention to her, that's when she gets really whiny. So, but no, she puts up with a lot. And uh, one, one more. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I, this show's going to go along, so I apologize ahead. And I know people are already saying, well... This is navel-gazing, but I think this is important, and we're, we're going to do what we need to do. So I also want to thank uh, uh, Shannon and Michelle and Helga, and, and th- there was kind of a, a group, um, and Nat and Lini. There's this group initially that really just kind of uh, fueled us together. I'll never forget when we went up to go surprise um, uh, Shannon and Michelle, we mm-hmm. met them uh, in San Francisco yeah. at the Natural History Museum. Uh, Natural History Museum. Yeah. That was so so cool. Yeah. 
Uh, and then somehow somebody pointed us and we went into the rainforest. I never sweat so much in my life, <laughs> but it was so great getting to talk to them. Uh, Manny, my God, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, you know, follow your bliss and, uh, Joseph Campbell, uh, mm-hmm. man, I really, it was so cool. So my, my point in this is, is the, the it kind of flowed, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the listenership and different things that went along the line, it ebbed and flowed. But I, I do want to take time. Uh, you know, we uh, we had a chance to meet Tyler. Uh, we went up to yeah. uh, Stevenson we on our way back. And uh, Alira, uh, she did some great voiceover stuff mm-hmm. here and there. And so, I mean, there was just so many people. If I forget your name, I really apologize. But right. There's a lot of a lot of people that really helped us out, and I don't want anyone to think, well, it's just Jeff. No way, no way. Um, you know, for one, <laughs> Colleen has got to keep me on the straight and narrow. And well, there is that, and that is a full time job. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. So uh, podcasting's tough. It's not easy, no. and you know when you get a one star review it's tough you know people can say well jeff just don't let it get to you that's that's pretty hard so we're in season 5 mm-hmm. and i don't know if if we're going to have a 6 and 7 and 8 but we're here for the long haul and uh, the, you know we <laughs> we we said that from the beginning sure. we said that from the absolute beginning that we were going to stick it out through the tough times the good times we were not we were gonna do it till the series ended and we didn't know how long that was me one season or eight seasons mm-hmm. i remember that being one of the first things we said and so yeah here we are at season five you know we could have another couple more years we could have another year we could have no more we don't know but we're we are in it for the long haul and we've been very grateful that we have stuck with it because we've made some good friends sure. doing this and we've met some really great people doing this and we have um you know we've had some great experiences that you pretty much highlighted and um there's one more person I do want to mention that you know was a listener was a faithful listener was very involved and very active and unfortunately she's no longer with us and that mm. is Marlene yeah. and yeah. she was really a very sweet lady and she will be missed and you know I will never forget you know her beautiful pictures of quilts that she would do on mm. Facebook and even on Twitter and you know just the the interactions that she would have with us and uh she is definitely not forgotten and i don't think i'll ever forget her because she was a very sweet very special lady and so i i definitely want to make sure we remember her but uh, but yeah we've we've made some great great friends and we've uh we've had some great experiences and ups and downs wouldn't trade it for anything yeah in, in moments like <clears throat> we our first trip to steveson and we did the live uh, oh, podcast yeah from there mm-hmm. and that was really amazing you know uh luli was there mm-hmm. um uh, uh, daniel j lewis was there uh, we had in the live show you mean in the yeah. live show not in steveston <laughs> right right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah listening and, and yeah, listening interacting in the live in show, the live yeah. show. Mm-hmm. we had uh listener ken and his family yes uh that we know from that area there and karen Mm-hmm. Uh, who is still uh, a Twitter friend yeah. there. And, uh, you know, it, it just, that was really an amazing moment to broadcast live from Steveston way oh, back. Oh, yeah. When I almost had a heart attack because Robert Carlyle was yeah. looking right at me while we were doing it yeah. twice. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. 
And then our second trip, we did the live periscope. And it was really mm-hmm. kind of an amazing thing because Colleen was looking down at her phone. And it was people from all over the world saying hello and mm-hmm. how much fun that was and, and yeah. all that. So it that was, was a uh, blast. You know, and, and Luli sending in uh, her, her Regina <laughs> uh, Evil Queen a uh, little play-by-plays of the episode. Yeah. That was some fun. You know, the show is kind of uh, morphed into different things. You know, we did the pirate thing and all that. But it's always and really... And Frozen. And Frozen. But it's always kind of kept its core of just us kind of giving our, our feelings mm-hmm. and, and thoughts on things. So... Yeah. That's been that's been pretty cool. Uh, Danielle and Facebook, and I finally got a chance to say hi to her at uh, RegalCon. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's just if you've never listened to this podcast and this is the first one, let me tell you, we, we've had some really really cool fun times. Yeah, yeah, we have along the way, and uh, so. Uh, thanks to everyone who's helped us uh, listen to faithful me, listeners, faithful yeah. listeners, uh, and, um, and even the new ones because we always love new listeners. It's sure, always absolutely. great to get yeah, new yeah, people yeah. listening. We have a couple of emails from new <laughs> listeners as well, but it's uh, it's been a cool thing. It's great. And uh, let's go ahead and we will move on to our views. We just watched uh, Dreamcatcher mm-hmm. one more time, mm-hmm. and we did want to share just a couple of things about that. And I think the first thing I wanted to mention was that Rumpel used the magic word on Emma that he used on oh, Regina yeah, he did. in season one. That he, you're right. He yeah. said, please. Yep. Which is funny because, you know, that obviously was a nice little throwback to mm-hmm. that. So that was great. And there was a speed bump in front of Emma's house. I don't know. I just, <laughs> it was there. I don't know why it's there. I guess they have speeders in front of Emma's house, and that would be well, really Well, I'm sure there are probably some folks who are, you know, speeding down but that street. You mentioned something that I did you notice noticed a connection of something. Totally didn't. I missed it the first time. Um, I mean, I kind of noticed it, but it didn't register, didn't sink in until this particular watching of the show. It was the date with Henry and Violet, and I believe they were in Camelot when this happened. And he, she said, you're so different from all the other, you know, nights around here. And he said, is that okay? Which totally just like, boop, light bulb on. That's exactly what Violet um, Parr from the Incredibles said mm-hmm. to the boy when she was ready to go on a date with him, he's like, you're so different. And she's like, is that okay? Mm. Is different. Okay. Is that good? I mean, she kind of gave it as a, is it good? But I thought it was kind of funny that Henry would say that to Violet. Yeah. So anyway. And I also wanted to mention something else. Uh, listener Ken uh, from up in Steveston area, he wrote and he was talking about, there's a few things I really obsess and focus on. There's the color of smoke, right? Uh, Megan Ori and mm-hmm. trees, mm-hmm. and so he. It, it's so funny, and that's why I really, I really like Kent so much. Is because we're very <clears throat> similar in that once we get on the scent of something, as far as what we want to figure out, we won't stop until we figure it out. Until we figure it out, and he he said, "I'm going to find that tree." 
And so last time we were up there, he said, we got to find that tree. And I think it's over here and we need to go here and there. And unfortunately, we could not find the tree. But he sent me an email uh, a little later and he said, I found the tree. And he said, and not only because if you remember, there's a couple of trees that are very important to this show where August brought Emma to go drink the water out of the well. Mm -hmm. And that tree um, is very, it's a particular tree. Right. And I did not put up his email here, but what kind of a tree it is, but I'll post that in the show notes. So that tree was there next to the well. Mm -hmm. That's also the same tree where Lily had her first dragon experience mm -hmm. when they were out running to go get her and mm -hmm. she transformed from the dragon back into Lily out there. Mm -hmm. And that's the same tree where Merida and Rumple, where Merida was trying to get Rumple to be brave and fight against her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They love to use the same area. And that was the same Well, tree. sure. And especially if you shoot from different angles, you can make it look sure. like it's completely different. And different Time seasons yeah. have a different look to the tree. Right. Obviously, right. it's more bare in the winter right. and all that kind and of I stuff. And I love that Ken told you what kind of tree it is because Ken actually would know. He, like, majored in forestry. So he knows plants and trees really well. It was great having him, you know, give us a tour of Steveston and point out the different flora and fauna around there so that was really really very cool a relative of ken's lived in the back room of mr gold's shop yeah yeah and i think it was his aunt great aunt i i believe so yeah when it, it was a little house at one point in time and she lived in mm -hmm. the back and there is a piece of glass that is in the back wall of okay there's there's window there's a mr gold shop mm -hmm. but then there's that back area where they used to film for the first two years in that actual location yeah, yeah, yeah. for the show yeah. so in that back room there is a window that's mm -hmm. actually kind of behind a, a a bush that's growing but you can kind of pull it back a little bit mm -hmm. that's the original glass from i don't know when yeah, but, early 1900s. But it was like yeah. handmade glass to yeah. put in there. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. you don't get that on any tour, folks. No, you don't. All right. So Our tour you do. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be talking about some really cool emails from a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Let's go ahead. And how do you want to do this? Do you want to start? You want me to? It's up to you. You tell me. Go ahead. I'll let you begin. Okay. First email we have is from Alina. And she's like, wow, loved Emma and Regina being moms to Henry and giving him advice. And I want to stop really quickly. I know <laughs> first interruption already. Um, that was exactly what I pointed out. And I love that they were giving him advice. But I also love that Hook said, hey, you know, I kind of know my way around women. But what did he do? He actually took his own father's advice and used the song that Bay had used on Emma. Henry did. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yep. So Henry took Bay's advice. Mm -hmm. You know, even though he's not there, he's still an influence in his life. So kind of cool. Anyway, uh, Emma, why did you do that to Henry? Yeah. I still think I still think that there is a reason for it, and it's not entirely all dark. But anyway, uh, I understand why she did it to get a fresh tear to free Merlin. But still, that's your son. I wonder if the uh, I wonder if the darkness is just an entity, and it tethers to anyone. The darkness seems to fit, and it took Merlin's love and wonder who she is. So <clears throat> I think that the dark one 
was Merlin's love. And that's why he said he misses her. You destroyed her. I'm going to destroy you. And then he couldn't do it because it's really her. Because he also knows that that would turn him into the Dark One. So... It's the, the, the Vader kind of a thing. Yeah, pretty the, much. The person's not dead. They're actually taken, <clears throat> o- taken over exactly. by something else. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So uh, n- uh, can, to continue, best casting of Merida, love her and Rumpel's scenes. Totally agree. I really hope everyone that was in the sheriff's office was playing Arthur and knows what he did. <clears throat> I'm glad my theory was right that Emma uses the Dreamcatcher to erase everyone's memories, and I think she did it because of the horrible things she had to do and didn't want them to remember. And I would agree. I'm quite confident that's what's going on. Uh, my theory is what if Emma isn't the Dark One? She's pretending to be with Merlin's help because Hook is really the Dark One, and she's training Rumple to fight Hook because Rumple is the only one who knew Hook the longest. Only reason I thought... This theory is because of what Meredith said. All a man needs is a sword and one good hand. Foreshadow much? Um, yeah. <clears throat> so that's a possibility. I mean, uh, her pretending to be the Dark One would not surprise me. That would actually be a very good pull. Um, she has the capability of faking it to make it look like she is the Dark One. So I, And that's why she's been crying so much, especially when she was looking at the Dreamcatcher. So that would be my theory as well, that she is faking being really dark. But again, we'll have to see what happens. Um, another one is uh, from Alina. It says, I have another thought that Merlin cast a spell a long time ago to make it so that only heroes get a happy ending in the Enchanted Forest. Excalibur is the focus of that spell, but the universe needs to balance such an act so it created the Dark One. That's why Excalibur broke and the Dark One's dagger is the other piece and it needs a true hero to wield it, who has battled light and dark, and that Emma is that person because she's the savior, savior and Merlin warned her not to pull Excalibur because it might bring on something much darker since they hit at Greek mythology, maybe the second half of the season will bring on Hades in the underworld. Interesting. And that certainly is not out of the realm of possibility to pull, um, you know, all the Greek mythology, more characters. We've already yeah, we, seen a number already. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that certainly would fit very nicely. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what's going on with that. That'll be really interesting. And then uh, the last theory from Alina is... Okay, what if Merlin didn't take the darkness out of Emma, but instead told everyone the only way to destroy it is to save the original Dark One? And the original Dark One is alive, and the dark entity we saw that almost took Lancelot is the Dark One way of corrupting people to become the Dark One so that they can get more souls and to be more powerful. And everyone decides to have their memories erased so they wouldn't want to mess up the plan. So Emma pretending to be the Dark One with Merlin's help, and she was telling Regina... Hook and Henry to trust her and Excalibur won't snuff out the light, but destroy the darkness. But since darkness can't completely be destroyed, everyone decides to get a piece of darkness inside them where they can control it instead of the other way around. Okay. That's, that's an interesting theory. Okay. So then she continues because according to legend, Merlin loves Nevain, but she was too afraid, so afraid that Merlin would use spells on her. She asked him to teach her magic, but secretly she didn't love him at all. And in the end, turned on him since the writers like to twist the stories in the show. And Nevain really did love Merlin, but she was afraid magic would corrupt him. So she asked him to teach her so she could protect him instead of it. But instead it corrupted her. And because Merlin was so blind by his love for her, he didn't notice he was starting or she was starting to use the, um, her dark magic and in the process she turned into the dark one so Merlin defeated her by sending her to the mists of Avalon and to make sure to keep her there he created Excalibur and broke it in half to create the dagger to control her 
But Merlin was so impatient to try to save her himself, he couldn't kill her. And this is why he became a tree. And since we know Merlin can see bits of the future, he thought Arthur will be the true hero that can help him destroy the darkness. But he was wrong. And Merlin realized he needs not only Emma, but everyone to help him out. I don't know. Just thought. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definite strong possibilities that all of this has been, you know, arranged, so to speak. You know, maybe Excalibur is the thing that would defeat the darkness or I don't I'm not sure. But there, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of possibilities in, in what she just said. So, yeah. And what's interesting is people when you when you blend the dark and the light together, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And there has to be a balance. There has to be balance. There cannot, cannot be, yeah, it can't be one or the other. There has to be both. So, yeah, having somebody who's all light mm-hmm. is not possible. Having somebody who's all dark is not feasible. Or even or, a mixture of the two. There is always, I mean, we saw this from the beginning. There is a mix of both good and evil in everyone. Right, right, including right. Including Emma. And, and, I, I guess though, what I mean is, is Excalibur being... The light, let's say, and the dark one dagger being the, the darkness. darkness. Right. You you can't have that in, exist in one item. It ha- there has to be a balance. There has to be, and that's probably why it's separated. I think possibly. Yeah. So that's a very real possibility. Uh, all right. So I'll read the second one. This all is right. from Janice. Hi there, Jeff and Colleen. Janice Marie back once again. Just wanted to give my thoughts on the episode Dreamcatcher. Number one, let me get one thing straight. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who thinks like this, but this episode was a roller coaster of feelings for me, me and all the other Violet Believer shippers. Number two, I am very conflicted about Emma right now. I mean, how could she betray her own son? Not only did she cause Henry's heartbreak, but she also broke Violet's heart by forcing her to break his I understand that watching Cora do it to Daniel gave her inspiration and figured out how to free Merlin. But come on, Emma, a child, 13-year-old girl, that's too far. I think even for Cora. <clears throat> I think, <clears throat> and I think we're seeing that kind of going back to what Merlin said is doing the wrong thing for the right reasons is still wrong. And yeah. she, Emma is seeing the result. The result would be freeing Merlin, but at what cost? Right. And you're talking about the cost. Right. Is that it broke Henry's heart for no good reason to him. I mean, look, I mean, you could sit down and say, look, you know, I mean, I'm going to do this. You're not going to understand. But it still would be heartbreaking because I think he's fallen for her and I think she's fallen for him. And so anyway. Well, the other thing, too, is I think Emma, having been brought up in the real world, not the fairy tale enchanted forest world. Right. I think she understands that in reality, he's going to suffer a few heartbreaks over his t- lifetime. And, you know, not that that's a really good excuse or reason to do what she did. But I think in some aspects it's actually a good thing that she did so it teaches him life is not perfect you know um you got you gotta you gotta deal with the heartbreak and you move on and 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 regina healed from it so yeah but but, yeah do you know what i'm saying i understand but it is still it's still a bad way to do it but right i understand what's going on with it and i understand that that is reality is that sometimes people's hearts get broken 
And I know I'm everybody. Absolutely. And and I know I'm kind of taking a a right turn here, but I'm just saying that's why I love a television show instead of a movie, because a movie is a set two or two and a half or three hour thing. Chunk of time. Chunk Mm -hmm. of time. Mm -hmm. And with a television show, you can come the next uh, week or two weeks or three weeks down the line and explain how how she came to this and then she can talk to Henry and right. see if they can't come to some kind of understanding or something like that. So right. I, I understand what you're saying, Janice, but totally. on the other side, you know, that, that's the way life is. And, and I think we will see the coming back together of uh, Emma and Henry and, and discussing this and yeah. that kind of a thing. Yeah. And look, he got a kiss out of the deal, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. in the end, yeah, it's true that. Mm-hmm. Uh, something good came of it. Yeah. I, yeah. So, number three, who's going to buy Cruella's car? Maybe David, so Henry <laughs> could have a car to drive when he turns sixteen. That would be quite a that car is, to that drive. That is correct. And I actually tweeted uh, once upon a podcast, and I go, "I'll buy the car, but they better fix the alignment. They better give me new tires. They better give me new brakes because Cruella well, really is not a good driver." Here's my question: Who's selling it? <laughs> well, probably. Uh, yeah. Who's the one selling it? I don't know. That's, Who's that's getting a good the money question. for it? Maybe maybe Dopey's kind of sees the opportunity to kind of be He's a tree. A go- outside oh, the town right. line. Man, we got a we got a mess in story, Brooke. We have a little we, got a mess. we always have a mess in story, Brooke. Okay, number four. I wonder when Emma saw Merlin after she freed her from the tree, uh, if she thought, Oh my god, that's the guy that spoke to me at the movie theater when I was six years old. Yeah. Possibly. She might have recognized him if she thought about, or even if she didn't realize that that was exactly who he was, mm-hmm. she may have thought to herself, okay, I know this man. I'm not sure why, but I know him. He's familiar. So right. it'll be interesting because maybe he may, we don't know. We haven't seen yet. Maybe he appeared to her more than one time and over see, her lifetime. Right. And, and which I find really tough to believe because again he's been in this tree for a really long time, so how he managed to appear to Emma when she was six is really interesting. Okay, I'm I'm going to say this, and then some people don't like me talking about Lost. I still say if you haven't seen Lost, you should. I know there's a lot of people that say I will live my life without Lost and I'll be just fine. You're probably right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I do think that we're going to see these types of appearances of other characters throughout, mm-hmm. just like Jacob did yeah. uh, to yeah. the uh, uh, other characters in Lost. But I also want to say this, is that even though we've been told dead is dead, I think it might be interesting to... If, if we're going to be going back, and now we're talking about Greek mythology, and we're talking about going back to the original Dark One and all that, what if there's a way to undo all the evil deeds in your life and bring back everyone who is dead hmm. or killed hmm. by, by, you know, I believe if you sit down with the character Regina right now mm-hmm. and say, what's the one thing? that you wish you could do to fix stuff. And I think that's what she would say is bring back everyone that I killed wrongly. Okay. But I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. And remember when Marion came back, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. And Regina was mad. Yeah. She was supposed to be dead. Okay. Right. All right. If you think about it, things would be very, very different 
things turn out the way they they turn out yeah. because they're supposed yeah. to. So I'm not saying, you know, that to be mean or anything, and I'm not saying that to be cruel. And believe me, I would give anything to have some people who have left my life permanently. True. I would give anything to have them back. But at the same time, I understand that it's part of life and it's what happens. And there's a reason for it. Like, I mean, even on a like lesser scale, I can't tell you how many, you know, times growing up, I was like devastated because of a broken heart. Cause I thought, Oh, I wanted right. to marry him. Yeah. We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but you know what? I'm very glad that I didn't. Cause I can tell you right now in looking back at most of those relationships, they weren't great. They were fun at the time for a while, and then they weren't great. And then for me to want them back again is like, yeah, you know, I'm, wanting uh, getting rid of the flu and 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 right. being violently ill during it and wanting to have it back again. Yeah, I'm 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 happy they didn't work out for you either. Right? Do you uh, see what I'm saying? So I, I mean, there's there's a there's so, a reason. Why. Okay, so I, the but, the only thing I'm I'm getting at is the the final scene of loss is this kind of culmination of of things and that's what i keep thinking about there's Correct. a lot of loss but in it was show. never about okay. bringing back people from the dead it was literally right. making amends for things that were done okay. that's really what it was about and and i totally agree i think so there is there I is a strength in life yeah. where you face the difficulties and you move forward and they help you some are tragic horrible things yeah. in life but they make up who you are and they're like uh, the little the little chicken in the egg you can break the egg and and let them out or or uh, whatever kind of bird mm-hmm. but they're never going to get as strong right. as meeting that challenge and breaking that that's egg to get out on that's why when you find a butterfly cocoon even though it's struggling right. it's right. best to let it struggle because that's how it grows strong and honest to god as much yeah. as you want to save somebody from a difficult situation sometimes you have to just be there to support them from a distance because they have to go through it themselves okay. my, that's what makes them strong my my initial comment only came from we're talking about a fantasy television I understand show, that not, not, I, I understand that. Okay, let us let us move forward. Yes, let's do. Number five, lots of references to Neil. That is true. I -hmm. love it, but at the same time, it just saddens to be reminded that he's gone. I truly love Neil Fire. And Janice, you are not the only one. There are (laughs) multitudes of people that miss Neil. Yeah, we liked Neil. Neil was a good dude. Yeah. And Michael Ream James, great actor. So, you know, it is a tough thing to not have him on the show anymore. But again, these experiences make these characters who they are. It makes or breaks them. Yeah. We've seen that with all of them. Just like Law said, we got to let go. Yep. Definitely, I'll continue with the email. Definitely one of my favorite episodes, not only of the season, but the whole series. You know, you're not the only one. I've mm-hmm. heard that from a lot yeah. of different people. Yeah. I, I like this episode a lot. I, I, for me, I wouldn't say it was the best of the whole series, but... It was it was very 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 good. Okay, but she that. didn't say it was best. She said it was one of my favorite. Yes. So uh, I different was, story. I was happy. I was angry. I was heartbroken. Just so many feels. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Your fan Janice Marie. P.S. Violet believers exist. Okay. <laughs> very good. They do indeed. All right, and Miss Colleen, you are next. All right. This one is from Chris Tipton. 
Oh, wow. What an episode. Easily my favorite of the season and probably one of my favorite of the entire series. So many awesome moments. I had a few quips, for instance. It took you all day to hide that dagger in the top of a stump, Regina. Mm-hmm. What a horrible hiding spot. Yep. I just found that silly. And they didn't bring up the security cameras at all. Fail once upon a time, fail. Mm. Okay, I feel better now. On to my top six this week because it was so good. And we did make a reference to the fact that that was very survivor-like yeah. and how dumb for nobody to like take a peek inside the tree stump. Anyway, sure. especially if they're riding by on horses, who wouldn't see inside that tree stump from the top of a horse? Anyway, number six, Emma and the Dreamcatchers, a good band name, by the way. So we pretty <laughs> much know now that it was, in fact, Emma who cast the curse. I found a neat twist that she took away everyone's memories. Was she planning this whenever she was making them in Camelot? Also, since when did Dreamcatchers become dark magic? We've seen them used several times before with absolutely no consequences. I call shenanigans on that. And then talk about a convenience. The image just appeared. What? Okay, sure, I'll go with it. I have a couple more Dreamcatcher thoughts in a bit. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Number five, Swanfire. I counted at least five references to Neil, most notably the one about Neil teaching Henry to use the only you song tactic. And then there's the Dreamcatcher that Emma used to take Violet's memories. Hook said it looked like the one that she and Neil shared. Emma obviously made it to remind her of Neil, and I think she was hugging and crying over it because it reminded her of the connection between the loss of her first love with Neil and the loss of Henry's first love with Violet. This is absolutely devastating to a Swanfire shipper like myself, especially because Emma caused the loss of Henry's love. I enjoy Captain Swan, but I will forever miss Swanfire, and I will always believe Neil was Emma's true love. Very good point. Very good point. Lots of references there for sure. Number four, Violet Hart. I love Henry and Violet, and I ship them so hard. Regina being freaked out about Henry having a girlfriend was cute. And then Hook telling him he knows his way around women with an eye brow raised so good so genius of henry to come up with the dance idea i was in stitches over henry having the worst dad talk ever with sir morgan i loved henry trying to learn to be a knight in the force to try to impress him and but i loved regina and emma's advice to him even more be yourself and then henry henry setting up the date at granny's so cute I thought Violet was acting strange, and I was afraid maybe she wasn't who she seemed to be. So as devastating as it was to find out why she was acting that way, it was also a relief. Violet being so confused about all the things from our world was cute, and then she asked Henry if he's courting her. Feels. I was so devastated that she turned him down, so again, it was sad, but also relieving to find out that it was Emma's fault. My heart was shattered when Henry found out it was Emma. What a twist that was. I really don't know how Emma can make this up to him. I know she had a good reason, but still... When Emma saw what Cora did and she said, I don't understand how a mother could do something like that. At that moment, I was like, oh, dang, she's going to do that to Henry. So sad that I was right. I'm glad Violet Hart is having another go at it in Storybrooke. It was great to see Henry impress Sir Morgan by being himself. Why? Go ahead. I, I was going to say, yeah, I, was, I do too. I was going to say, the funny thing is, is when I saw what uh, the point about, you know, Emma seeing Cora and saying, I don't understand how a mother could do something like that. It didn't even dawn on me that she herself would do that. That was, mm-hmm. that was the point that I was, you know, I missed that honestly, because I didn't figure, and I figured more than anything, it was really a cementing of the relationship between her and Regina at that point. So uh, I, I got a silly thing, you know, Cap, Captain Morgan, Sir Morgan, a captain, <laughs> uh, first of all, second of all, uh, we love our niece. We love our nephews too. We do. And and so anyway, uh, uh, our 
Taylor, our niece, mm-hmm. uh, is on the cheerleading squad. Yes. And so before when we first started to go, the captain of the cheerleading well, squad. Okay, so last year's captain or a year before is captain. She's been on the cheerleading squad pretty much her whole high school career, and she's right. a senior this year. She is captain this year, and we are very proud of her for Absolutely. that. So Captain Taylor is printed on her um, her cheer box. Yes, which, which she is stands what she stands on, on and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yep. So, but two years ago, <laughs> there was another captain, and the captain's name was... Morgan. So, <laughs> on this cheerleader box, it's, it's, it's printed in white letters, aesthetic, Captain Morgan. Okay. But what's I, even funnier about that whole thing is that she goes to a private Christian school. Right. So, having a cheer captain with the name Captain Morgan printed on her cheer box, where at every single football game, everybody can see this, it's kind of an irony, hilarity that we just absolutely were laughing about every single time we saw it. I, I've never giggled so much <laughs> at a... I'm not a sports guy. I don't like to... I just... I'm not a sports guy. And I say I love going to the games live, but I, not, look, I won't watch I enjoy TV. going to the games to support the niece and nephews and, and yeah. family. You know, I, yeah. I enjoy that. But it's just... I, I I don't go there all the time and all that, but it's just looking at that. I just giggled. Just so, so it was funny. funny. And, uh, the situation that they were in yeah. and just, uh, anyway, it was, it, it was, was quite amusing. It so, was quite amusing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. That was a little bit of a phew, yeah. rabbit trail, but let's get back on the, let's get back on the main trail. <laughs> all right. Back to Chris's email. Point number three, Merlin. So cool to finally see Merlin, not counting in the theater, which we now know for sure was him. I was sort of confused by the opening scene. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he say he created the Dark One? So what would have happened if he had killed him, or her, I suppose? And how in the world did that Dark One make him drop the dagger? I thought you have complete control of the Dark One with the dagger. So many questions, this arises. Okay, so let me stop that point to answer what I believe is happening here. He may have created that Dark One with Excalibur. It killed his love. Right. She became the dark one. Mm -hmm. Hence the reason for the gold mask, which is another reason why we are only seeing the gold mask, because that probably was the very first dark one. And I think it's silver. It's not. It's gold. It was very gold. There's no question in my mind. I don't know how many of you saw silver. It was blazingly, brilliantly gold. Go ahead. Anywho, bottom line is, she didn't make him drop the dagger. I think that his overwhelming love for her and the the, yep. the anguish that mm-hmm. he was going through in knowing that he created this is what basically caused him to – he voluntarily dropped it because he couldn't destroy her with it. So let's let's really – honestly, let's keep this in our mind. We may see this again. Oh, yeah. I'm guaranteeing we're going to see it again. Someone that needs to kill the Dark One. Yep. And someone who does not want to do it. Yep. Because they love her. Okay? Possibly. So. Oh, just, well, that I, I can't guarantee. But, but just, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Would okay. not surprise me. All right. Okay. So let me get back to this uh, this absolute brilliant email. I wonder if this was the first dark one. It was absolutely epic seeing this. It was probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole series. While they disproved my theory and who put Merlin in the tree. Mine too. It wasn't the Lady of the Lake, although I thought this was even cooler. I love this twist so much. I wonder who Merlin's love was and how did he lose her? I hope they show this backstory. 
I will tell you if it's Mer- Merlinian Arthurian legend, it will be Nimu Nivian Vivian, however they want to call her. And it sounds to me like based on the title of the episodes, it's going to be Nimu. But anyway, and I don't, and that we'll see where they go with that. But anyway, um, so clearly it was light and dark magic that brought Merlin out of the tree. And they say Excalibur that he can, he forged can snuff out light and darkness. I'm convinced Merlin is not all good. I think he is the embodiment of equally good and evil. Makes sense now why the wand was forged with light and dark magic. Maybe Arthur isn't so bad for wanting to kill Merlin. I definitely think once Excalibur is made whole again, it can kill Merlin. I think that is Emma's plan. She wants to kill Merlin with it. It was nice to see that Merlin cured snow and charming. So we know they aren't under the curse in Storybrook. So Merlin said it's, as much up to Emma as it is to him to take away the darkness. I think maybe she chooses to stay the dark one. That would explain why she really believes it's who she is in Storybrooke. So let me go back to this couple of seconds here. So her wanting to kill Merlin with it will free her from the darkness. If he is, like you say, the embodiment of light and dark or good and evil, then that would destroy both light and dark magic, maybe magic altogether. Okay. So maybe that is her plan because she recognizes how much trouble magic causes and how costly it is because magic comes with a price. Right. Right. We, we've, we've seen that kind of thought before. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. anyway. Rumple wanted so. to get rid of it. He wanted to free himself from the dagger, but he wanted unlimited magical powers. Yeah. The hat was going to give that to him. However, I can't wait to see how they incorporate the hat into this whole thing, can by you, the way. Can you imagine how big the book would be with all the rules and all the things? Oh, my that, gosh. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, okay. Man. So then at this point in time, um, it was nice to see that he cured Snow and Charming. Yes. And they are not under that same curse in Storybook because he cured them in Camelot. All right. Uh, back to the email. P- point number two, Merida and Rumpel. I kind of feel like Merida was going about this the wrong way. It seemed like all she was doing was making Rumpel angry at her and want vengeance on her. Kind of the opposite of making someone brave or a hero. That's just making him vengeful. But man, she meant business. It was nice to hear her motivation, besides, of course, ha- Emma having her heart. I still enjoy them together and can't wait to see where this goes. I just think she needs to find better, better methods. How in the world did Merida know about the book? And who knew shooting an arrow at a lock would open a door? Mm-hmm. Still, Merida is one of my is my favorite new character since Anna. I like her more than the original character. She is definitely different than the original character because she's yeah. a bit more grown up now. Yeah. Her parents are gone. She's queen. So, um, yeah. Now, I will I will say that, um, yeah, I think that in some respects, she is making him vengeful. However, what she's doing is she is getting him to think outside of his own insecurities, which, you know makes him less cowardly, which makes him more brave. So, yeah, I mean, I think there will be some consequences to this that he might be more brave and maybe he will be more vengeful. And maybe that'll darken his heart a little tiny bit because remember, it's all pure white right now. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays itself out. I know I said this before, but I'll say it again, is that I really... I really enjoy Rumple and Regina talking to these younger protégés, if you will, or these younger people, mm-hmm. and how they are really interacting and, and all that uh, when Rumple talks to Emma and when Regina talks to Emma. 
these old guns, man. <clears throat> it's like it's like a young a rock star sitting down with uh, Keith Richards mm-hmm. or some older rock star and say, yeah, yeah, I want to do this and that. I'll bet they'd lean over and they'd say, look, you got to watch out for this and that. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. If I if I had to do it all over again, I would do it this way. And I'm telling, it's just it's magical. I really enjoy it. So okay, yeah. All right, uh, last point. Just all the feels from Henry reminding Emma why he brought her to Storybrooke, which makes her going even darker in this episode more painful because I miss her and Henry having a good relationship. To the Swanfire callbacks, to Henry and Violet bonding over to their deceased parents, to the appearance of Chip, to what Emma did to Violet, to what Henry and Violet at the Storbrook ball to an episode hasn't elicited so many emotions for me in a long time. It was a really, there were a lot of, lot of great callbacks and a lot of yeah. definitely, you know, huge high emotions running. So I definitely think this is a top 10 episode for me. Easily 10 out of 10 magic soda cans. Wow. <laughs> Which that's huge. That's huge. And here's my question. <laughs> it's like a, a party in a can. It's a carnival in <laughs> a carnival can. Carnival can. How does she know about that? Anyway, yeah. I'm not going to go there. Mm. All right. Uh, I w- let me finish up uh, Chris's email. I was rewatching the episode while writing this, and something dawned on me. At the tree, Emma thought Regina's tear would work, so why earlier in the day would she go take Violet's heart and say she needed a tear of lost love? Either this is a big plot hole, or she knew Regina's tear wouldn't work. But then she would be making a big assumption that Henry would show up at that exact moment. This puts a damper on such a poignant moment. Hopefully she had it planned. My well, thinking is she did have things planned, because that's... Yeah. And if she hadn't have tried it on Regina, Regina would have brought it up. Yeah, well, she did. Yeah. Regina did say, yeah, Regina I think I know. Right. So she forced Emma's hand. Yeah, she did. For sure. So She did. Thank you, right. Chris Tipton, so much yes. for that. And this email is from Leslie. And I need to uh, play this. Wowzers. Okay. Uh, First time email. Okay. First, congratulations on reaching 300 episodes. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. I ran across your podcast last season and thoroughly enjoy listening. Insights and your... Uh, to your insights and your playful banter. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> we, we try That's to right. be playful and banter. <laughs> I also love the fact that you embrace other once upon a time podcasts, podcasters. And yeah, it, 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 it's been an evolving thing, but I think we, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, and and that's the way we all have a place. In we the all have a place of once upon a time. See, yeah, and like I said, it just it 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 evolves over time, and I think where I'm at now is where I I should be, and it's every podcast has a place, every podcaster has a different point of view that really brings different things. So anyway, that's thank you, and has been a work in progress, and that's where I'm at now. I uh, love the theory that the dark one, which I think probably is the first dark one, could be uh, Mew. And uh, she points out it's a Welsh name and pronounced Nimue. 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 Okay. Uh, who was also the Lady of the Lake, Merlin's love, Lancelot's mother, uh, Lancelot du Lac. Mm-hmm. I.e. Lancelot of the Lake. It's a French name, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the creator of Excalibur. With regard to the timeline, our friends at once 
podcast have figured it out. And the five years round out to five years ago, plus 28 frozen years, either by Cora or Ingrid spell plus six weeks from see, I really, I got to hand it to Daniel because he is great with these type of real specific uh, facts and and different things. They have a great timeline and uh, there's a link to that in the show notes, but he's perfect at this. So I will continue plus six weeks ago from the current Storybrooke time. And there's a link to that timeline, which is really great. So go check that out. Mm-hmm. Once again, great job and keep up the great work, Leslie. Thank you Thanks, so much Leslie. for emailing Leslie. We really appreciate that. Excellent. And next, I hand off to the beautiful and lovely <laughs> co-host Colleen. Okay. From Gabe. Hey, guys. I'm a first-time writer and listener, and I want to tell you how much I enjoy listening to your podcast. Well, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. We love our first-timers. Uh, both listeners and writers. Sure. Uh, so, uh, anyway, you always bring out new points, not just with speculation and plot points, but with ethical quandaries. Mm -hmm. I go to a Catholic school and we have to study a lot of ethics and theology. This show has so much Catholic theological themes. The biggest one, in my opinion, is the immaturity of evil. You probably noticed that all the evil characters are inherently immature. That is very true. They never understand the consequences of just about anything they end up doing. And I love how they have brought that to Emma this season. Like you said, her vision has been clouded by the darkness. I have a theory of how this half of the season will end. And I'd like to get your commentary on it. Here we go. Emma is going to succeed in uniting Excalibur and is going to try to use it to get rid of her darkness. It won't, however, work, and all the light magic will start pouring into the sword. Emma panics, saying that this wasn't supposed to happen while her family... Everyone on the tree, because there's a bunch of them, <laughs> will be trying to stop her. The Dark One, as Rumple, will be screaming in lustful joy as his plan is finally taking hold. Emma's am- unable to stop herself until Merlin shows up right when he's needed and reminds her about how it is to has to be as much her choice as it is his. She fights the pull of the darkness with Merlin, and finally they succeed in putting the darkness in Merlin's hat. However, everything else Merlin has trapped in the hat breaks free in order to make room for the darkness and the half season ends. Mm. Just a theory. Mm. That is a very interesting theory. And we will definitely see what happens with that. I I do believe she wants to unite the Dark One Dagger with Excalibur. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is, you know, that she wants to free anybody from ever becoming the Dark One. I mean, she is the savior. That's her goal. That her is her destiny. It's her purpose in life. That's why she was born, basically. And in all honesty, it would be very logical for her to want to destroy the darkness. The interesting thing is because she's so filled with it, it will be a bit of a struggle for her. And she's going to have to fight through that, I think. Lastly, she probably wants to do this so that once and for all, no one will ever become the dark one again. So, yeah, yeah, there's definite, definite possibility. And we will definitely keep tabs on this and see how this uh, this plays out. Uh, Finishing the email. Thanks for doing this podcast. I have a podcast of my own called the Gabalicious podcast. It's very new and I don't have a partner, but have three short episodes. So I'd love for you to listen. Thanks for reading. Great. We, uh, do we have a link to that by any chance, or is I will, it just out on I'll iTunes? look it up, okay. and I will uh, put a link there yeah, to it. That'd be great. Thanks so much, Gabe, for that email. Yes, thank you. And I, I do. I think many people, even from the beginning, know that I really try and walk mm-hmm. the line. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are beliefs that I have, but I also understand that we have a huge mixed audience mm-hmm. that some have beliefs and non-beliefs and, you know, a little bit all over the place. <laughs> and I really, if it's, if it's obvious in the show, I'll, I'll make a mention to it, but I'm always really cognizant of walking that line because mm-hmm. it's not one whole group of people that believe exactly like I do. And I love right. that. I mm-hmm. love that that all kind of different people from all kind of different points of view can watch one show and get different things out of it. Right. I think that's equally fantastic. Equally important, equally valid. Absolutely. And so. I, I, that's why I love doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, thank you so much for yes. that. And this is from Kathy. Greetings, Jeff and Colleen. I've been wanting to email before now, but my mother has been ill. I'm very sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and work is terrible. Oh, believe me, we know. We know how that goes, unfortunately. But, but her work is terrible, too. Yeah. And I have, I have been crazy busy. And yeah. that's okay, Kathy. Yeah, I we, feel you. We understand. Yep. First, I want to share my thoughts on the season so far. I was pa- impatiently all summer waiting for the season to begin and knowing I would really enjoy it. The first couple of episodes intrigued me, and there have been some great moments, such as jousting by pickup truck. <laughs> that, that's always an interesting thing to see. Yeah. Honestly, though, I'm not sure how I feel about Dark Swan. She always creeps me out and is not a sympathetic character. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't decide if she's really dark or playing the part for some other reason. I think you're on to something. Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah. You know, look, it could go in all kind of different ways, but I do think she's playing dark. She's playing much darker than she really is, I think. Because it reminds... There's always some darkness. There's always been a little bit of darkness. But I think she's playing much darker than she really, really is. I, you know, look, I, I know there's... Okay. Um, let's say it this way. We, we've seen, quote unquote, evil characters. They really aren't that evil. Right. Their, their demeanor and their look and, and who they're supposed to be is really evil. But when you watch them, they kind of maybe talk about it. Maybe right. there's threats, but they don't really do anything. I'm, I'm talking specifically about Hook. Some people don't like Hook. Oh, then. no, no, okay. no. I was but, thinking more Cruella. Okay, Cruella. Cruella is another, another one. great example. Even Ursula. Yeah. I mean, look at the back. Even Maleficent. Look at the backstories of all mm-hmm. these characters. Some of them have done some really terrible things. Others have kind of hinted that they might have been, you know, bad. Cora's pretty evil. Cora's pretty evil. <laughs> Regina's Cora's, done some evil things. R- Regina's so is, right. So is Rumpel. Yeah, absolutely. But Cora is one of the ones that I would say even knowing her backstory she was pretty skanky but um well okay. evil skanky not I know. not i know anyway. all right so i'm not a big fan of cora you know? so but i i understand what you're saying is yes. that that what what i'm what i'm trying to say is emma as the dark one mm-hmm. really isn't that dark some people would point to well what she did to violet's bad i understand that yeah but i think in her mind, see, okay, so so let's look at it this way. The the interesting thing is Rumpel really pointed out what's happening to her. Is it you justify what right. you did? Absolutely. You what you do, you're justifying, right. and in the end, you're going to lose the ones you love. Mm-hmm. And also, another comment that Merlin made to her is that that darkness gets into places in your life and in your heart 
that you, that no, no one, one else sees, else sees. Right. only you do. Yeah. And to let it go, it's like the roots of a tree. I mean, you've got to make sure you, you want to get it all out. Get, are you sure you want to let it all go? Yep. And so that's the thing with Emma is that she's playing. Even Regina's telling her, don't use that dark magic, man. You don't know. It's starting to take you over. I mean, she didn't say that, but that's what you can get from it. So, But I think Emma's trying her best to not become dark and it's a battle and it's a fight just look on her face Mm -hmm. when henry was on her porch and henry said you know was talking about i miss this Mm -hmm. and she looked at him in the car and said i do too yeah it's just so you know there's a fight so absolutely absolutely not uh i don't think anyway it's going to be interesting to see uh, going forward so um i'll continue i feel for poor killian Emma finally admits she loves him and then starts to become the one persona he has sought to destroy for years. And that is true. Mm-hmm. But it's not to see him. It's nice to see him teaming up with Robin, Regina, and especially Belle to figure out what Emma is up to and trying to stop it. <laughs> I, I like that, too. Belle always has a book or a theory or she just knows. She knows. Just really, well, she's very well educated. She is. I so, have to admit that in this particular episode when we rewatched it i noticed that robin had like maybe one line the whole time yeah <laughs> he made a comment and that was it actually two but yeah okay I, I, but I, I you know what i'm saying, saying. he had yeah. a very small he was there he just had a very small part it was very funny so anyway go ahead it's, it's kind of like the way bell used to be you know i mean <laughs> everyone's bit, yeah. talking and talking and bell says i think we should go there oh good idea let's go and just <laughs> yeah. that's all that we, we got much, and everyone remember everyone's so mad about yeah. bell last season how come she's there she's not doing anything she's not saying anything now it's no, robin she's, yeah, so. yeah 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 i was and if anybody should be more involved in Camelot, it should be Robin Hood. I mean, I don't know. No, not really. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> not necessarily. I was, <laughs> sorry, Kate. Totally different Sorry, story. Kathy. I will continue. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I was thrilled to see Lancelot. Love that character. And so far, am really liking Merlin. And the spin Adam and Eddie have uh, put on Camelot. Bad Arthur is fun. Okay. And Liam Garrigan is just perfect for that role, by the way. Arthur. Yeah. He's they, very, they, very good. You know, and it, it's funny. That's what they said about Lost. They had the most good-looking people, and they oh, crashed that plane. No kidding. There's, 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 yeah. there's some very good-looking people on this show. I wasn't even referring to his looks. I just think he's a great actor, and I think he's done a really good job in playing Bad Merlin, where he's he feels justified in what he's doing, but... We don't know if he really should be because he is kind of a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Continue. I am really looking forward to seeing Ruby again. Oh, you and me both. We, we are in that line. Uh, and watching some of Killian's backstory. That's true. I would like to know more. Mm-hmm. Who his father is. Yeah. Mother, yeah. Where does he come yeah. from? I just hope the Dark Swan is resolved without hurting too many more characters. Yep. Yeah. How will Henry ever get over what Emma did to him through Violet? And kind of like what what I said before is that's what's nice about a television show is we can have things kind of stop down for a conversation about it. Well, and, and so. they won't resolve it in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we have seen how Henry has forgiven Regina for all the stuff she put him through, quote unquote, when he was growing up. Right. Yeah. You have no idea. My life sucks. That was a pilot episode. And now look at him. He absolutely adores Regina and mm. recognizes that she was doing what she did because she loved him. So 
he'll eventually forgive her once, especially yeah. once the plan and the reason for what was done is revealed. That's when it, it'll be uh, easier for him to forgive her. It'll take some time, but he'll eventually do it. All right, I'll continue with Kathy's email. Second, I want to thank you and congratulate you on your 300th podcast. Thank you very much for that. I eagerly look forward to listening uh, when a new podcast is released and replay the ones that summarize favorite episodes during the hiatuses. Listening to both of you helps me get through a very boring work day. We are here for you. (laughs) <laughs> because sometimes we listen at our boring work day. Yes. To this, yeah. So we understand. We feel you. So thank you for that. I also wanted to mention that I have been watching Heroes Reborn. Mm, I was mm-hmm. so impressed with Robbie K. Oh, Robbie K. He is oh so good. Yeah. He was great in Once Upon a Time, but I have not seen Heroes Reborn as yet. No. So. Uh, I will continue. So Kathy said, I was so impressed with Robbie Kay as Peter Pan that I've started watching his other work. Finally, are you dressed or dressing up for Halloween? If so, as what? We get so very few trick-or-treaters at my house, but I will be a pink flamingo for those who do come by. Take care, Kathy. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thanks. Uh, actually, yesterday at work, I dressed up as the cloud because I work in IT and because my coworkers insisted upon a computer IT themed <laughs> dress up as a group. So I was our application in the cloud, which is not what I would have wanted to dress up as. But um, tonight for Halloween, when we answer the door, I will dress up in the same basic costume because I made a nice little tool skirt and I'm going to be Olaf. And Lady is going to be Elsa. Yes. And we'll have to see what uh, what Daddy's going to be dressed up as. I we'll want to get a big me. cowboy hat like uh, they the, the guy wore on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> Norm Macdonald. When Norm Macdonald. So I want to get a big cowboy hat and just wear it around. <laughs> just no. And just look at people. No. What are you What are you laughing at? What? No. What? No, but but that's what we'll be doing tonight is I will either be a snow person, the snow queen, depending on if I decide to wear my little tiara that I have, or I might just be Olaf or uh, the per, her personal snow flurry. We'll see. Yep. All right, Kathy, uh, big love and prayers for your mom. Uh, take care. Uh, yes. And uh, extend to her our big love as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Next email, my dear. All right. This is from Trace. Hi, Colleen and Jeff. Hope you're not as grumpy this week. Nope. I think this week's episode could turn that grumpiness around. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very good. Give me more and more Emma and Regina any day. Those yep. scenes are just the best. Yep. Here are my thoughts on the Dreamcatcher. I think my theory from the first show that Emma is not truly evil was cemented this episode. She's definitely trying to get that sword together so she can snuff out the darkness, not the light, and is somehow faking or trying to hide it from the inner darkness that got into her heart as Merlin alluded to. I totally agree. But she is a savior, so that is why she's able to fight the darkness. I think she will have to sacrifice herself to truly rid the world of darkness, and that's what she's trying to do. Her crying into the Dreamcatcher, which I think was Henry's, was proof to me that she is not evil and hiding things to save everyone. I agree with you that each Dreamcatcher is someone's memories. I could watch, uh, and by the way, I agree. I I don't know if that was I don't know if that was Henry's Dreamcatcher or if that was Violet's that she was looking into. It looked kind of like Violet's, and it looked like she was crying about what she had done to Henry while watching uh, Violet's memories. Yeah. 
I almost think that honestly, it would have been even more difficult for her to see, to rewatch Henry's memories because if she did see Henry's memories of being heartbroken, I think it would have really just completely undone her. So, um, and not in a good way. Um, let me continue. Uh, I could watch Emma and Regina scenes all the time. I hope when the series ends, we could get a new one just about those two. <laughs> that would be kind of a cool series. Their character development and growing friendship is one of the greatest things about this show. Hearing Miss Swan again was so sad, but what a flip from the first season. Um, and absolutely, that was a nice little throwback and callback to season one, standing on the porch, wanting to see Henry. And we talked about, it, I think, in First Thoughts, where it was very much like the, you know, pilot where mm -hmm. she was yeah. wanting to see make sure henry is okay mm -hmm. and regina basically turning her away so it was very uh very interesting emma ripped the heart out of violet for a tear a tear that was needed to save everyone not just her merlin but like regina said there's always a choice perhaps lancelot's tear would have worked he clearly just lost his love guinevere just a thought Except we don't know where Lancelot is. Well, actually, at that point in time, she did know where he was. And he did lose his love. So that might have been interesting. Yeah, that would have worked. That might have worked. Okay, Regina, you just sent countless of children into the witch's house to get eaten, trying to get an apple. You slaughtered entire villages, crushed a man's heart in front of his bride at his wedding. And you made Henry believe he was crazy for years and had to see Dr. Hopper. So you also were not the best mom either. Yes, ripping your son's new love's heart out, not the best plan, and manipulative for sure. But Henry has forgiven way worse than this, and he, ha he has the heart of the truest believer. So I know in time they will work through it together. They love each other too much. And I would have to agree with her, 100%. I think the dark one that Merlin could not kill was his love, and that's who put him in the tree, which, according to most Arthurian legend, is Nimue. So I can't wait for that backstory, which I think will also be the history of the dark one as well. So exciting. The scene with Emma getting Merlin out of the tree was great, and I think showed that she does still have both light and dark magic. And I would agree, because I kept mentally noting it that the magic that came out of her was both light and dark when she was controlling it to get him out. So... It wasn't all dark. It wasn't all light. It was both. So, anyway. Um, Merida is awesome. So spunky. Just loved her waving that wee little chip cup over him to get him to react bravely. And that was fantastic. He's going to need it with a bear on the loose. Watch out, Belle. I love the gang and Emma's working together. And I think Regina stopped Hook from taking the sword was something. Or Regina stopping Hook from taking the sword was something. Not sure exactly, but I think that will mean something later. And I agree. I think that it it's one more layer of Regina being a caring, loving person, literally walking as far away from her dark, evil past as she possibly can. I think she has grown to like Hook and respect him. I think she also recognizes that by saving Emma's love, because she knows that those things typically were booby-trapped, she, she doesn't know about Sir Kay, what happened to him when he tried to pull the sword, right? So right. the fact is we know, we all know anybody who's not a pure heart that tries to pull the sword is going to fail. Right now, Rumpel has to be the one to do it. He has to be. So, um, yeah, I think that she, her stopping Hook from pulling the sword had multi layers to it, so... And maybe it will have something to do with what's going to come later. We will see what we will see. Um, things that make me go, hmm, Henry 13? Ugh, I hated that. They should have just made him 15 like he is in real life and made a meta moment where he says, yes, I'm 15. Everyone just deal with it. 
He doesn't look 13, nor do 13-year-olds date in that manner. And did Henry love her already? Oh, well, what's done is done. Harold and Maude, not at all a 13-year-old date night movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> How about showing her Disney's Merlin? Mm-hmm. And his cell phone battery is definitely magical. Now, I'm going to go back to this whole thing of Harold and Maude. It actually does kind of sort of fit perfectly because technically I think she, oh no, she's not that much older than he is. I mean, yeah, no, never mind. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like it's a bad movie, but it just wouldn't have been, but it was definitely a better movie than Commando. So anyway, uh, his cell phone battery is definitely magical. I need one of those. Where is the surveillance camera in the jail? And last where is Granny, the dwarfs, Zelina, and Lily? Mm-hmm. And Maleficent, I'm going to throw in there, too. Yep. Hello. Yep. This was a great episode. Big love to you both and all the monsters. Can you believe we're halfway through already? Talk to you all next week. Trace. Thank, Thank you, you, Trace, yeah. for that. And I, I just want to take another right turn and just say this really fast, is that, you know, the, why do people... Uh, compare power with uh, evilness. You know what I mean? Because typically it's power does corrupt. Okay. So absolute power corrupts. The the one thing I do love about once upon a time is they, that moment when, when Cora was telling everyone, including Emma, that love is weakness. Mm hmm. And when she tried to take her heart out, she says, no, love is strength. Right. And see that. Love see, is strength. Right. That's not power. Well, love but, is strength. But but we, the Devil Wears Prada and all these, these, these um, role models for, you know, strong women are these women that are just Devil mean. Wears Prada was not a role model for strong women. Okay. But I'm just saying, just I mean, saying. you know, I, I, I. I, I think, I think there can be a balance, and and let me let me get coming for a landing. That's why I like Regina, is because she was the evil queen. Mm-hmm. Whether we name we put on the evil on her name or not, right? The everybody right. is that she was evil, did these things, but then had an epiphany and began to take another path mm-hmm. to get to a point where she is gooder than she was and she now gooder yeah she's gooder <laughs> it's not a word okay well she is much more good than she was before right and and so i these are the type of women that mm-hmm. i think would be a great role model Absolutely. is that they're they're good kind but they understand sure the mistakes of the past but I don't think we we get that. I think I think people uh, focus on money and uh, press stuff, and it's all about news what we've coverage. been saying the entire episode: balance. Right. You cannot have an excess of one or the other. Yeah. You ha- there's a balance, and yeah. I know that's just going to make some people's hair stand on end to say, "Wait, you're saying you should be equally bad and equally good?" Well, okay, maybe not so much that, but. We all have that in us, and I think that that is the thing that you know. Well, it's a, it, it's, it's the intent. I can leave right now and let you finish the the podcast. Yeah. I can go straight to the bar 
and just get loopy and then drive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I could. Yeah. You if, could. If, you know. Yeah. I. But I know what that will do. Right. And so I choose not to. So there, there's this. You, you, it's a choice. Just Absolutely. like we're talking about. Absolutely. Right. And I think it is fifty-fifty. And I think that everybody has that capacity in them. The the difference is which which side do you listen to? Which side is in control? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's an old. I, we talked about this not that long ago. There's an old Indian story of a grandfather telling his, you know grandson that there are two beasts within you and one is a wolf and the other is a lamb or something like that and he said you know how do you know which one wins and he goes the one you feed yeah so i think that's what it comes down to is which we all have that in us and there is the balance and i think you do need that because too much good and you're going to be absolutely defenseless against somebody who is too much bad i think there's a definitely you have to have that that mix and it's who do you feed that beast is going to be the one that's going to control you yeah it's it's just interesting that that on the news we we see the same names over and over on entertainment tonight uh, over and over but you know what's the driving force behind those folks but on the facebook you know movies about the guy that gives the last dollar to the kid and feeds this and that Mm -hmm. and all that the the, those aren't the role models yeah they aren't on entertainment tonight yeah okay so enough of that uh All right. This is from Katie. Hi, Jeff, Colleen, and Lady. Hi, Lady. (laughs) She's sleeping. She's sleeping. I just want to say that I enjoy listening to your podcast. I I have only sent an email a few times, but I've been listening to your episodes for a couple of years now. Thank you very much. We always appreciate that. that. It is interesting to hear all the theories discussed, and I like it when we get the special video messages from the cast. Those are cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I hope Emma will eventually turn good again, but I know it will take a long time. I am amused by all the scenes with Henry's feelings for uh, Violet uh, when they're discussed. I was upset when Emma revealed, uh, and I hope that Emma will eventually... Oh, wait a minute. Where are you getting that, sweet pea? I don't know. She says, I was upset when Emma revealed that she made okay. Violet break his heart. Yes. I've, you and everybody else, that was... It was very difficult. Yeah. And this is a drama show, and mm-hmm. so they're, they're mm-hmm. going to have these situations where it's, uh, it's morally on the fence, and you've got to, sure. wait a minute. I mean, is this right, wrong? How wrong? How right? And all this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, yep. it, it broke his heart, but it was to free Merlin. Was that worthwhile you know Mm -hmm. so yeah Uh, it will take a long time for henry to forgive her yeah and and we've seen that with emma yeah uh, with the regina remain you mean this is emma we're talking about right right right. but 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 henry uh uh, what i mean is emma and her parents when they had that it took her a while to forgive sure right yeah. It should be interesting to see if Emma will be even worse since Henry isn't speaking to her now. Hmm. Right. And we'll see. Because we, we've seen the same type of steps with Regina. It's like things are going so well, and then there's some problem, and then it gets worse and worse and worse. When when someone's hurt and by themselves, it's mm-hmm. just... Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's the worst. Yeah, it's not a good idea. So... I did get to see some of the cast at Enchanticon and Spooky Empire in Orlando. 
Lana, Gil McKinney, Rebecca, uh, and Ariel were there with a few other actors and actresses from the show. Lee Ehrenberg, Beverly, and Faustino Skyped with us at Enchanticon since they were supposed to come but weren't able to make it. Beverly had responded to me on Twitter before as well. The cast is really great. They are very, very And, you know, sometimes when you get a cast member that's very, 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 very busy, it's hard uh, to get a response Mm -hmm. from them. But I know that they read through. I know they check through. You know, we've had reports that, you know, the cast listen to the podcast. So the stuff that the the fans create for them, Mm -hmm. I know know that they read it check it out you know videos and drawings and all right. the different things so. the tough part is that there are so many yeah. fans yeah and while they do check through things it's really tough to i mean literally it would be a full-time job for them to spend all day responding to everybody so i know it's really you know special when they get a chance to take time to respond to your messages and if they haven't responded you know just be patient they they are, I know they're ridiculously busy, so bear with them. <laughs> yep. Have a happy Halloween and a great weekend, Katie from Florida. Thanks, Katie. You too. Thank you so much, Stay Katie. Safe. Stay safe and have fun. Yep. And Lady says thank you. Yeah, she does. She's All right. dreaming about rabbits or something. All right. Okay. This one is from Brad. The Once Upon a Time podcast is like a carnival in a can. And I think he meant to add the word fan, so Mm. we'll pretend. I'm going to say that again. The Once Upon a Time fan podcast is like a carnival in a can. (laughs) Now on to the things I learned this week on the episode Dreamcatcher. Number one, Sir Morgan will have his hands full trying to explain to Violet why she can't take a smartphone back to Camelot. Yep. Uh, about the roaming charges. Probably okay. not a very good reception either. Yeah. Uh, number two, Emma needs an Etsy store for those dream catchers. Does indeed. <laughs> That's funny. Number three, wiping someone's tears with a dagger is not a soothing sentiment. No. That is absolutely true. No. Number four, make sure there are no sharp objects in the vicinity when meeting your girlfriend's father for the first time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole big group of swords. Uh, it's not not good. Yeah. If Merida was your workout trainer, this is number five, you'd think twice about cheating on your diet. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, because she'd have like a bear claw behind her and say, yeah, you want this? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Number A bear claw. That's really funny, see? too, by the way. I see what you see? did there. Okay. Number six. I love bear claws. Yeah. Number six. Forget the tumblers. The arrow is the new lock pick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's good with it. Pretty much, though, it's going to kind of lead whoever, you know, the police to your, your location because, you know, it's, yeah, it'd be tough to get around that one. Yeah. Number seven, Peter Peter likes his pumpkin parties. He does. <laughs> he does. Oh, my gosh. Number eight. And ripping, I hear they're all organic. Yeah. Probably. Number eight, ripping out the heart of your son's girlfriend is a horrible first impression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to hurt a little. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Number nine. He's not too bashful when he's hustling Doc at the strongman game. Oh, man. <laughs> he was he was going. Oh, that's funny. It was, it was nice to see Mig and, and, uh, and, and David. David. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty yep. funny. At the carnival. Yep. Number 10. Stealing memories, ripping out hearts, capturing and imprisoning, pe- imprisoning people is bad, but breaking and entering is where the dark one draws the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. But I, I love the way that they all work together to get inside. It's like, wait a minute. Okay. So, Henry, yeah. 
Wait a minute. If you have something of Henry's, there, there's a lot of, um, there was a lot of, uh, and it sounds bad, but I'm just going to say, it, there was a lot of witchery in this episode. Sure. You know, there's the, the potions and the this and the that. Yeah, and it's alchemy, and Get but yeah. somebody, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get a uh, Henry scarf and that will use that. I don't know. It's just very... Yeah. You're saying it. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Brad's observations. I agree 100% with Colleen. I love hearing that statement. Because <laughs> <laughs> so often people are like, well, I don't know. I say you're right all the time. You, most of the time. Most of the time, but not always. <laughs> um, but the same thought was going through my mind when Merlin said, you destroyed her, the only woman I, woman I ever loved. This dark one is without a doubt the woman he is talking about. The smaller body and mask totally give it away. I agree 100% with Brad. That's what I've said from the beginning. I'm like, oh, hey, hey, hey. dude. <laughs> anyway, Hook even tells Emma that she is not the same person as the Dark One, mirroring what happened when Dar- with Merlin and his love. And that is absolutely, I totally agree. Totally agree. Burning questions. Why the heck did they not check the video surveillance cameras in the sheriff's station? I could forgive this if we hadn't seen it used already when Zelina was in prison. Arthur wouldn't have manipulated the footage because he wouldn't even know what a camera was, but the show completely glosses over this. It's so maddening sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't forget, guys, the horse always comes before the dance. <laughs> true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, and I agree with you, Brad. I mean, seriously, yeah, the video surveillance is really annoying. But anyway. And I I got to thank Brad for our... Um, for our rumple voice, uh, oh, yeah. man, I mean, well, it's just it's just so many great things. I mean, he recorded the intro mm-hmm. that we used mm-hmm. at RegalCon. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just so, so thank you, Brad, for the email, and thank you for all that you've done, and just the little bits. And the, yeah. When I email or, and call people and say, I've got this crazy idea, just, I, I, he didn't yep. hang up on me, or he didn't say, um, it's too crazy. Mm-hmm. But, all right, so... So let's um, let's try this out. I, I've never tried this, so let's do this uh, before uh, the next email. We have a magic rumple ball, mm-hmm. and go ahead and ask your questions or give your theories about uh, once upon a time. I'm sorry to spring this on you. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> go. <laughs> so no pressure or anything. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I I. I do believe we are going to see that the first dark one was Nimue. Nimu, Nimue. Nimue. I'm not even going to pretend I can pronounce it properly. Uh, Nimue. Okay. Nimue. All right. Let's see what the... Am ma- I right? Let's see the magic uh, rumple ball says. Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> pretty good you are doing pretty good yeah 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 so let's do another one do you have any more uh let's see um do we think that emma's pretending to be the dark one that she's not really the dark one and that she's holding on to the dark one right now because she knows that's gonna save everybody in the end all right all right let's see let's see what it says your call cannot be completed as uh, dialed. Please check the number and try your call again. 
Oh, let's try. Let's try. Maybe I should just rephrase it. Okay. Let's try and rephrase it. All right. Okay. So is Emma just pretending to be the dark one so that she can save everyone? Okay. I can make it happen if you're willing to pay the price. Ooh. Oh. Boy, that's tough. That the is, that the is really sad tough. thing is, is she might just have to be willing to pay the price. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Let's try a different one. Let's try another one. Um, will we see Lily and Maleficent again anytime soon? Okay, let's let's try that. It's so wonderful when dreams come true. Unfortunately, yours is dead. Oh. That is really bad. So thanks, Brad. And thanks, Rumple, for for that. That was fun. All right. Uh, So this email is from Marilyn. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. I just wanted to congratulate you on reaching the milestone of your 300th podcast. I first heard about uh, Once Podcasts while talking to people standing in line with me outside the Saban Sabin Theater. Sabin. Mm-hmm. Sabin Theater in LA. We were there waiting to see the very first Paley Fest once panel with all the cast and Eddie and Adam. And I wonder who that person was. I, I don't I know. know. So anyway, I like to thank them. Yeah. So anyway. Well, no, no, no. She first heard about one's podcast. Right, right, right. Multiples. So it wasn't necessarily one yeah, of Yeah, but listeners. still, I mean. Like, that, that, but yeah, I mean, I'm grateful for that. But at the that same time. That got her yeah. there. So, I mean, that, see, okay. And, and that's, look, what I've learned, I, I, I have done all kinds of different advertising and bought ads and all this stuff. But the best way to introduce people is face to face, one on one, talking about it. Mm-hmm. That's really the best yeah. way. It's yeah. like anything else. Yep. It's just like people trust people that know and mm-hmm. are listening to something. Yeah. And so yep. it just it's really cool that word happened. of mouth. Word of mouth. After discovering the existence of Once Podcast, I went to iTunes and downloaded just about all of them that existed at the time. Then, just like Goldilocks, I went through them one by one to see which one would be the best fit for me. I dismissed some for being too negative, and others, the personalities were just too annoying. Some were just a general disappointment. Finally, I tried the Once Upon a Time fan podcast, and I knew I'd found what I was looking for. Your in-depth once-episode discussions, comedy bits that made me laugh and sometimes groan, those were meant to make you groan. (laughs) I planned that. No, I didn't plan. Anyway. A groaning is that's fine, and your general enthusiasm for what had quickly That'd be genuine enthusiasm. genuine enthusiasm. I should have had you read this mm-hmm. for what had quickly become one of my favorite shows. So thank you for producing your podcast for us. Once your fans, you have given me hours of thought provoking entertainment, and I truly appreciate it. Your podcast fan, Marilyn. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you we so much. We have enjoyed much. so many times being able to connect with Marilyn at yeah. events, you know, uh, D23 and other events. It, she came to our meetup, yes. you know, which, and we've seen her a few other times too. So that's, it's been really great being able to, you know, connect with her in person. And we really enjoy that. So she created our second she did. Uh, iteration of our album art uh, logo yeah. Yeah. for the podcast. So yeah. thanks again we, we for that. that. We do. We appreciate that. And we so saw much. her at uh, WonderCon too. WonderCon. I you're right. WonderCon and actually RegalCon. She was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. 
So RegalCon no. was a was a cool time. Yeah, if it was. you did not go, it was it was a good time. Yep. Thanks for uh, it all, Roxy. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, this is from Janelle on the Facebook page. Uh, I know I tagged you both in my original post, but I wanted to say a few other things. I'm thinking the thing Rumpel needs to do is bring Maleficent back from the dead. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I don't think that's... Uh, I think that's an old I one, think Sweet that's Pea. that's an old one. My mistake. Yeah, I, I make let's mistakes. look for the new one. Sorry. Oh, yeah, this is the new one. Jeff Colleen, I wanted to say thank you for all that you do. I remember finding our podcast on your first episode and I've been listening ever since. There have been ups and downs, like the first Try It the Holiday episode. Yeah. <laughs> and joys and sorrows and comic relief uh, when stress takes over. Uh, there's a time when Lady was just a baby. You looked after for a young lady in the building uh, who uh, had us loving her uh, as we do now. With this 300th uh, episode, I can't help but wonder if Don Juanita will be making an appearance. An appearance. No, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Tom Bonito has been, he's been gone. I think he went home for a while to his home country. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a restraining order and they needed to, him to stop, to stay away. But, well, he's probably swipping somewhere else right yeah, now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So if you haven't listened to those early episodes, they were well, really kind season of Season three, we got a lot of Don Juanito in season three. He was here visiting in season three. Yeah. A lot. Yep. Like a lot, a lot. There's leprechauns. I'm pretty sure he went back home. So. Yep. All right. Uh, And the cat man. My God, we can't forget the cat man. Oh, dude. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, Well, I can tell you, though, I I have good authority. Don Juanito Janelle sends his best regards to you. Oh, absolutely. And uh, he. He says, have a great day. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, You guys have become family to us all. You talk with us about everything, make us laugh, and get damn good-looking men to give us hugs from 3,000 miles away. Now, we probably need to explain Explain that that, a little bit. Yeah. So So at Regal Con, uh, during one of the events, after dinner with Ian Bailey, Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you that don't realize who that is, that's August, um, he came up to me and was being very silly and sweet. And uh, so I had mentioned to him that a couple of listeners wanted hugs from him, wanted me to give him hugs. And he looked at me and said, you just want hugs for yourself. And I said, of course I do, but these are from the girls. So he asked me who the first one was. And I told him it was one of our other uh, friends who listens. And then it was, uh, he goes, okay, great. And he gave me the hug for that girl. And then he said, who's the second one for? And I said, it's for Janelle. She's one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. And so he said, and he gave me a nice big long hug for Janelle. And then he said, make sure they get them. And I said, I will do that. So Janelle got a virtual hug from Ian Bailey. And let me tell you, it was awesome in real life. <laughs> I'll continue. Uh, I will never forget my hug from Ian Bailey. Thanks for that, Colleen. <laughs> and I guess it boils down to I have no idea how I would have gotten through uh, a lot of the past five years. Without your voices, you keep me thinking on everything once upon a time, and I get to share that with people on a daily basis. I had a huge discussion at school yesterday before class, and um, I, I don't want to go into to details, but Janelle's really you know faced a lot of challenges mm-hmm. over the last five years, and uh, we're just really proud of where she's come, where she's gone to, yeah. and, and, and yeah. where she is now. It's just 
really fantastic. And mm-hmm. uh, we're, I know there's a lot of people, you know, it's interesting about a, a show is a fairly constant thing, you know, television show. Right. It's, it's written by the same people and mm-hmm. the same actors and all that. But your life it really has ups and downs and mm-hmm. it, it difficulties and yeah. all that. But, you know, we are happy that, that we are here. And I hope that people do kind of understand that we, when we send out big love, it's kind of a, it's a real thing. And, yeah. and we, when we, I, when we started this podcast, I knew that I wanted to really try to get a female audience. And that's why, um, we send out the big love because we, we wanted the emotional connection because I knew there would be with this show and it's very mm-hmm. dramatic and yeah. there's romance and love stories and all that, but we've got a bunch of guy listeners too. So it's kind of, yeah, you know, I'll take it all. It's, it's fine, but it's just, um, uh, life has its ups and downs and we're really proud of Janelle. And I know that she's uh, taken so many really great big steps. So, uh, I will continue. And, um, I had a huge discussion at school yesterday before class. Congrats on school, by the way. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't preparing for my class trip to Paris, again, amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really neat. That's awesome. I mean, you've been to Paris. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have not, but many, many that years is ago. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll miss the fairy tales convention by a month. Ah, that's sad. Oh. That is really that. That's sad. But you got to go Paris, man. Yeah. I mean, I would be saving for Regal Con and the chance to finally hug you both. That Aww. would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see if what happens you never know. Uh, in this area. On a small note, uh, Chris and Cincy, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Maybe we can have a meetup. Find me on Facebook, Janelle Pennington. Thanks so much, Janelle, for everything. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, that's... Okay, no, we have one, one voicemail. Okay. Boom, boom. Hi, this is Kathy uh, at Stilathi Mila on Twitter. Um, you're supposed to tell about our favorite memories with your podcast. Let's see. Uh, one of my favorite memories was when the entire uh with the entire all the seven dwarves were wishing um merry christmas and i was catching up on podcasts so it wasn't even christmas when i heard it but i was at work shelving books and i was having a really rough day because i just found out my grandmother was pretty much on her deathbed if you stayed away and i just remember being filled with hope and even having to go to the bathroom to cry for a minute. It was like a good cry. It's like the world's not ending. And that was just thanks to the Team 7. Um, another one of my favorite memories is when um, August was in Thailand. And I was in Thailand when I was airing. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned something along those lines. And that was the first time you guys mentioned my name on the podcast. And I was really excited. Um, those are probably my biggest. Um, I love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of my life. Bye. 
Wow, thank you very much. That that means a lot. It and certainly does. And Kathy has been a you know a contributor and sent us little emails and things like that. And so most definitely want to give her a special shout out as well. So thank you for the voicemail. And uh, yeah, we're good Twitter buds, man. We've been <laughs> yeah we trade all kind of yeah. different things, and she's a great retweeter yeah. and. That 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 means so much to us, and that really yeah. helps uh, getting get the word out. So, and I do remember when she was in Thailand, and that was going on. That was kind of a cool, like, you know, parallel for her, and I thought that was really great. So, and I'm glad we were able to, you know, that our podcast, even after it had originally maybe aired, was able to give her some, you know, some hope for you know a difficult time. So. I'll never forget one of the emails uh, somebody sent in and said when you when you sent out the the big love I felt it and mm-hmm. I just you know you don't know what kind of effect right. this does and that's why I try I know I get grumpy but I try to be positive mm-hmm. and send out good things yeah. and and all that and because people need it we all need it I need yeah, it you do. need it you know and do. so it's um that's why we do what we do. So that wraps up another another episode. Yeah. Number 300, unless there's something else no, that you have. I, I, I think that was a great note to end on. And uh, yeah. So now we're going to just. Yeah. So. <gasps> tomorrow night. That's right. Tomorrow night. Uh, the Bear and the Bow, I believe, is the episode. I did not write that down. But I, I believe that's it. it. Yeah. And uh, we want to send big love out to everybody. And remember, big love is so big that you cannot keep it all. Take what you need. Sometimes you need a little. Sometimes you need a lot of love. And take what you need and then pass on the rest to somebody else. And however that translates to you, do that. And so we uh, still appreciate you supporting us however you can. And a little retweet and passing on information about this podcast is really uh, helpful and we appreciate it so much yes uh, for that and uh lady's kind of rousing and she sends her little doggy regards too <laughs> but uh thanks so much for listening and here's to another 300 and uh, we will talk to you guys soon see you guys <laughs> bye thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the once upon a time fan podcast this is a Rony's own media production our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.